The increasing spread of evolutionist doctrine has much to answer for in relation to the way people often treat each other. Sadly, people rarely recognize that the prejudices which have slowly become ingrained in their psyche have often been a result, directly or indirectly, of evolutionary thinking. The evolutionary view that life can evolve to higher levels provides fuel for racist attitudes. The Bible, on the other hand, clearly shows the fallacy of racism. The Fallacy of Racism by Paula Weston One of the prevalent evidences of man's inhumanity to man is racism. Put simply, racism is prejudice against people of other races for that reason alone. Stereotypical rules are applied to demean individuals based on their cultural background, skin color, appearance, or accent. More often than not, these rules allow an unfounded assumption of superiority over that individual, which in turn justifies any feelings of disdain or indifference towards them. In truth, this attitude is usually based on nothing more than fear, ignorance, and misunderstanding. The manifestations of racism can be blatant, such as in hatred from the Ku Klux Klan or the oppressiveness of apartheid. It can also be as simple as telling degrading anecdotes or possessing a cold attitude of indifference. As a result of evolutionary thinking, Many in Western society are unable to experience heartfelt sympathy for starving children in poverty-stricken third-world countries. For reasons they could never justify, they believe life somehow means less to these strangers with different skin color and features. Incredibly, I have heard this type of comment from educated people. This misinformed attitude is understandable if people accept the idea of survival of the fittest that the rules of the animal kingdom must apply to humans because we've all evolved from animals. Neither racism nor the idea of evolution started with Darwin. Both are manifestations of basing one's thinking on a non-biblical foundation. However, Darwin's writings greatly fueled racism, providing a scientific justification for it. His book's subtitle referred to the preservation of favored races. The Bible, of course, teaches in the first chapter of Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth and all life upon it. There is no evidence to show that man's existence came about in any other way. The theory of evolution is based on assumption and misinformation. If we believe the Bible, all of the Bible, then it is clear that all people were created by God. Genesis 2 verse 7 reads, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Acts 17.26 says, And God hath made of one blood, that is to say, from one original ancestor Adam and Eve his wife, all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. That means we're all related. The Bible doesn't use the term races, but calls them tribes and nations. So the origin of the Earth's different races term has long caused unnecessary confusion among both Christians and non-Christians. But the truth is surprisingly simple. Most evolutionists today wouldn't dispute the biblical creationist understanding that all races came from the same original population, although that wasn't always the case. Evolutionists teach that these groups evolved independently from each other 
separated for many tens of thousands of years. Evolutionists feel this length of time is necessary to explain the development of physical differences between the races. This is the misleading concept. It gives rise to the idea that some races have developed and become more sophisticated faster than others, leading to the ultimate conclusion, often subconsciously, that certain races are superior to others. CMI publishes the Creation Answers book, and it offers a clear and concise explanation of how the different races developed after the confounding of the language and population dispersion at Babel, which was recorded in Genesis 11 verses 1 through 9. The book provides logical scientific evidence that mankind has descended from Noah and his family, and Adam and Eve before Noah. The book explains how the dispersion, involving the breaking up of a large group into many small groups, comprising members who spoke the same language, who only breed within the group, ensured the resultant populations would have different mixes of genes for various physical features. Adam and Eve, who were created perfect, would have had the genetic information enabling their offspring to have the many combinations of skin, hair, and eye color existent in the world today. Today's population descended from Noah and his family after the flood, so the amount of genes available would probably have been slightly reduced from those of Adam and Eve. Thus, the dispersion after Babel ensured that within a short time certain fixed differences would become apparent in some of the small groups, which we would call races. In the book of Romans in the New Testament, we are told that all men are born equal. Romans 3.23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has brought the possibility of redemption and salvation. And John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever, regardless of which tribe or race they belong to, believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And among the believers, we have Galatians 3.28 that says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. In the light of God's word, there can be no justification for promoting or condoning racism. The rock star Madonna was quoted as saying that she would be unlikely to choose a black partner again. Claiming to have been mistreated when she was dating black men, she allegedly said, Maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that they haven't had the same chances as we white people have had to be educated or exposed to things that make you more evolved. Sadly, millions of young people follow all the antics and comments of Madonna, whose activities scarcely merit a claim of cultural superiority. Madonna's statements highlights the all-too-common belief that some races are less evolved than others. Although Madonna may have only been referring to social evolution, in many people's minds the concept of social and biological evolution are inextricably related. In fact, modern molecular biology confirms the biblical view that all the peoples of the world are astonishingly close genetically. For example, it is common knowledge in the medical profession that when looking for someone as an organ donor for a transplant, the person whose tissue type is most suitable for you whether you are black or white, for example, may very well be someone of the opposite color. In reality, all of us have the same brown and black pigment, melanin, in our skin, and it's simply making more or less of that pigment.
1978, there were few resources for Christians who wanted to defend their belief in biblical creation. So at that time, Carl Whelan founded Creation Magazine, which would eventually become the most widely read creation publication in the world. To celebrate 40 years of cutting-edge creation content, Creation Ministries International collected articles from across the history of the groundbreaking publication, some with important updates, and put them together into a full-color coffee table style book titled Defending Genesis. Some of the articles address the following. The Archaeopteryx Dinosaur. Is it a transitional form or a true flying bird? Amazing motorized germs which show evolution is impossible. Does the Bible really teach that the earth is 6,000 years old? And Jesus Christ is our creator. So what did he believe about origins? Take a journey through the history of Creation Magazine with Defending Genesis. Get this great book at creation.com store. I am Joseph Darnell. From all of us at creation.com, thanks for listening. <laughs>